Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Well, I have the privilege of uh, sharing a message with you this morning from the Bible. I'm starting a series this week called The Prophetic Voice. And in particular today, we're going to talk about the gift of personal prophecy. Now, I know that this is going to be new territory for some of you. So some of you that are sitting there are probably not even sure what I just said. It might sound like I was just speaking in tongues because you might not understand what personal prophecy is or the prophetic voice of God is, but we're going to talk about God speaking to us and the fact that God still speaks and He's not mute, right? He's not a dead idol. He's a living God. So we're going to talk about the the God who speaks even in the time that we live. And uh, you know, what I really want to point out today is that God has a yearning, burning desire to speak to you. I mean, He loves you. You are His beloved son, beloved daughter, and He wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to your life. You know, when people love each other, they communicate, right? And we know, at least they're supposed to, and we know that If you're in a marriage or in a friendship or you're connected with somebody in a relationship that if the communication is bad or non-existent, the relationship's going to have problems, right? And yet, we don't apply that sometimes with God. And we wonder why our relationship with Him is struggling. It's because we don't hear Him and maybe we don't speak to Him much, And every once in a while, we throw up a help, right? And then we move on with life, and we manage it ourselves, and we don't communicate with Him, and we don't listen to Him. But I want to tell you today that God wants to speak to you. When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus rose from the dead and atoned for our sin and began the process of reconciling us with Himself, that human beings and God could be friends again that He could be father and we could be sons and daughters. When He did that, one of the main things that He did was restore relationship and communication. He wants us to talk to Him and He wants to talk to us. And one of the ways that God speaks today is through the gift of prophecy. And I'm not talking about just the prophecies in the Bible They talk about the end times and things like that, but I'm talking about the gift of prophecy where God uses human instruments to speak to us right now where we are in our lives. And so today I want to talk about the gift of prophecy and in particular, the gift of personal prophecy. And and what I want you to understand, the back story, the backdrop, everything motivating this, everything behind it is a loving God, a good parent a holy father that's here to heal our parent wounds. This God wants to speak to us and he loves to talk to us. And so if if we have that as our foundation, it'll keep us from getting weird about prophecy because if you've ever been in a charismatic church or churches that believe in God's prophetic voice, you know that the danger is often things can get weird. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about healthy communication. God, the Father, 
speaking with sons and daughters. Any sons and daughters in the house? How many of you want God to talk to you? Okay, get ready. Get ready. Some of you are going to get messed up. One of the reasons that we're doing this is because we're having a prophetic conference in a, in a few weeks, May 6th and 7th, and we're having a couple of men come in that have a gift of prophecy, and they're going to come in and they're going to speak to us as a church on May 6th and 7th. On Saturday night, we're going to have what we call a team night where all of our volunteers gather together and we feed, you know, we have a big meal together. We celebrate the volunteers, the people who work hard and serve hard here. And then we'll have some worship time. We'll come out of that and do worship. And then, and then these gifted, these prophetic gifted people will begin to speak words into our lives. And uh, we're excited about that. Then we'll have Sunday morning church both services, they'll speak the word of the Lord over our church, and then we'll gather Sunday night, and we're going to have a blowout. We're going to have a time of extended worship and ministry, and they're going to speak to people and call people out. It's going to be a really, really powerful time. It has the potential for some of you to be literally a life-changing weekend. So put it on your calendar and be there or be square. Okay. So here's my first point if you're a note-taker. And I've already said this probably five or six times already, but God really wants to pour out His Spirit in the time that we live and speak to us. God wants to pour His Spirit out upon us and speak to us. I, I don't know, you know, the difficulty sometimes when you're preaching is you don't know who's in your crowd, who's in your audience, their background, their history, their tradition, if they come from a denominational church background or if they've been in churches like ours. So I'm going to assume that most of you in this room don't really have a background in what I'm going to be talking about, and I'm going to, I'm going to get into some, some details, okay? And so if you're here and this is like old school and you already know all this, just bear with me for people maybe who haven't heard it before, amen? But you'll remember there's this story. We're a, we're a charismatic Pentecostal church, and what that means is we believe that the Holy Spirit is still moving powerfully on planet Earth, and God is still healing people, speaking to people, delivering people from demonic presence, that He's still a God of miracles, and He's a God who's actively at work on planet Earth, right? And that the Trinity isn't the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible, but the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit showing us and interpreting the Bible to us. So that's really important. We're that kind of a church. We're a charismatic church. Charisma, the Greek word, means grace gift. So we believe that God gives gifts of the Holy Spirit to His people. So it's really important you understand that. But you'll remember in the Bible, in the second chapter of the book of Acts, and the Acts, uh, the book of Acts is a book about God's activity through the early church. After Jesus rose from the dead, He pours His Holy Spirit upon His church, and then His church goes out into the world and begins to do the same things Jesus did when He walked on the earth. So the church is just continuing the ministry and the mission of Jesus. That's what we see in the book of Acts. Well, in Acts chapter 2, that's kind of the inauguration event. At the inauguration event, all these disciples of Jesus, there's about 120 of them, and they've gathered in a room, and they've been praying and fasting for 10 days. Jesus had risen from the dead, and over 40 days, He appeared to them over and over again, and He told them about His kingdom and His works in the earth, and He showed them what they were to do. And at the end of that time, He ascended into heaven, and He told them, wait in Jerusalem, and I'm going to pour my spirit on you so you'll have power to do what I've done. 
So then they're waiting in Jerusalem and they're waiting in an upper room. They're fasting. That means they're, they're not eating food for 10 days and they're praying and they're waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, which was a feast in Israel's uh, year on their calendar, and Pentecost means 50, 50 days after Passover, they're in the city and there are pilgrims from all over the world, that part of the Roman Empire, in Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit gets poured out. And when the Holy Spirit gets poured out, something powerful happens. They all get filled with the Holy Spirit and, and there's 120 of them. They spill out into the streets and a crowd gathers and they're speaking. They're either speaking foreign tongues or they're speaking in some kind of a tongue and the people are hearing them in their own languages because they've come from all over the world. And they're proclaiming the wondrous works of God and the works of Jesus. And, and then the people began to go, what's going on? What is this? And at that moment, Peter stands up and he interprets to them the moment. He tells them, this is, what ha- this is what's happening right now. There was a prophet in the Old Testament named Joel or Joel. And Joel gave us a prophetic word and he said, this would happen in the last days. And he begins to prophesy to them. And this is where I'm going to pick up the story in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. I'm only going to take those two verses, but I want you to notice a correlation between the spirit and the voice. So notice with me verse 17, and it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. Isn't that powerful? So a couple of points to bring out from that text. First of all, the closer we get to the return of Jesus, the more God will pour out his spirit on people everywhere. And that's good news. So, you know, if you watch the news a lot or read the news or you access what's going on in the world a lot, most of the story you're going to get is going to be pretty depressing. And the story is going to look like this. Darkness is winning. The bad guys are winning, right? Bad stuff is winning. The earth is getting darker. I mean, the viewpoint is going to be that it's really bad and it's getting worse if you watch the news. And here's the reason that is the reality, because People that are afraid and people that are angry and people that are stirred up and agitated keep watching it. And that generates lots of revenue for the companies that are the news companies and all the advertisers. So the longer you can sit in front of the screen and the more you can be agitated, the more you put money in the pockets of people who don't give a rip about your life. Okay? That's the reality. That's the truth. Okay, now here, there's another narrative. There's another story going on on planet Earth. It's the story of what the Bible says right here. All over the earth, and you might not even realize it, but all over the earth, the Holy Spirit is being poured out on nations. And not just hundreds, and not just thousands, and not just tens of thousands, and not just hundreds of thousands, but millions of people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ on planet Earth. Now, I don't know what the numbers are now, but, you know, a decade ago in China, 
Communist China, 25,000 people a day were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And in India, about 15,000. In South America, about 15,000. So all over the earth, people are coming to faith in Jesus. And miracles are happening. Sick bodies are being restored. Sick minds are being healed. Right? People that are lost are being found. People that are despairing are finding hope. And this is happening all the time. And, and what's powerful is it's even happening here. It's happening right in this house. You heard some of it today, but the testimonies in this room are incredible. Lives are being changed. Why is that? Because the Spirit is being poured out. Secondly, when God pours out His Spirit, He will speak through many kinds of people. We saw that there. We saw, you know, upon your sons and your daughters, upon old men and young men, but upon women and men. And, that, and this is the correlation I want you to notice. When God pours out His Spirit, He speaks. And this is a pattern. When you begin to look at it in the Bible, you see it from Genesis to the Revelation. You see this idea that whenever God's Spirit is actively working, God is also speaking. There's always that correlation, the Spirit and the voice, the Spirit and the voice, the Spirit and the voice. So when the Spirit of God comes into a person's life or the Spirit of God moves into a church and begins to do something fresh and there's a renewing and there's a reviving of His presence and people begin to get hunger and they begin to pray and worship and press more into God, something happens. God starts to speak to people. He speaks in their spirit. He speaks in their heart. And they start to turn to one another and they start to speak what God's showing them even about each other. And before you know it, the voice of God is active. And it's a powerful and a beautiful thing. Now, before we go any further, I think it's important that we define some terms. I'm talking about prophesying and prophecy. What is prophecy? What does the Bible say about prophecy? My simple definition is simply this. Prophecy is God speaking through people to people. God speaking through people to people. Strong's Dictionary has this to say, to prophesy is to speak with the idea of foretelling future events pertaining especially to God's kingdom, the kingdom of God. To utter forth, to declare, to declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. To break forth under sudden impulse and lofty discourse or praise of the divine counsels. See, by the Holy Spirit's leading, a person will foretell things to come and also by the Holy Spirit's leading, a person will foretell things God is saying presently. So let me break that down really quick. What is prophecy? Prophecy has two elements, foretelling and foretelling. Foretelling is seeing things that are in the future and speaking them before they happen. And that's what most of us think when we think of prophecy. We think of something that's coming in the future that is shown to us. And let me tell you that Prophecy and being psychic are different things. Okay, it's really important we understand that. Prophecy is not Christian psychics. Christian and psychics can never go together. Okay, let's just make that clear. Psychic powers are likely demonically inspired. They come from evil presence, what are known as familiar spirits, who come close to people and tell people things. Okay, so we have to make sure we understand that. 
But when prophecy comes forth, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through a person, the mind of God, foretelling something that's coming in the future. And then there's foretelling. What is foretelling? Foretelling, and this is an element most of us don't, don't think of when we think about prophecy. Foretelling is God speaking to us his heart and his mind and his will about a current situation. Forthtelling can include God talking to you about something from your past and into your present. It's God expressing his heart for you. Like if somebody speaks a prophecy over you and they begin to tell you about something you've gone through in your life and how God loves you and he wants to heal you and he wants to restore you, that's forthtelling. And then they may continue with, and now he's going to do something new, and he's going to take you into the future, and these things are going to happen. That's foretelling. So foretelling is God's mind for the past and present. Foretelling is God speaking to us about things to come. Amen? You doing okay? Now, let me show you some of, of this in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, we're going to talk about prophecy for a minute, verses 1 through 4. Look at this with me. Powerful text of Scripture. It's kind of one of the key verses in the Bible or key sections in the Bible. It says this, pursue love. Somebody say amen. amen. And desire spiritual gifts. Quick aside, how many of you have ever grown up either in a church or you heard somebody teach one time that we shouldn't seek the gift, but we should seek the giver? Anybody ever heard that? Okay, somebody taught you wrong. That's bad theology. Yes, we should always seek the giver, but the Bible commands us very clearly to also seek the gift. Okay, so once again, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. We're going to break this down in a minute, and especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue is not speaking, and this is, by the way, for people who think that speaking in tongues is only speaking foreign languages for missionary purposes, this scripture makes it very clear that's not the case. For the person who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to people, but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So the writer is not saying that speaking in tongues is selfish or bad. What, what the writer is saying, which is Paul, he's saying when you gather in a corporate gathering, it doesn't do any good if you're out here speaking to other people in a tongue that they can't understand. That doesn't build them up. If you're going to pray in a tongue, you build yourself up. But when you speak in a congregational setting, speak prophetically so you can build people up. Does that make sense? Y'all, y'all still here? Okay. Okay, so, so let's break this down. I got to move really quickly. I'm, mm, say, help him, Jesus. Help him, Jesus. Amen. First of all, what's the writer say? The first thing the writer says is this, pursue love. Now, if you know where this falls in the Bible, we have 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul tells us about the church and how everybody in the church, like a member in a body, has a gift. And those gifts help us all to strengthen each other. And then... After defining that, he shows us the 13th chapter, and that's the famous love chapter, baby. And in the love chapter, we see what God's kind of love looks like, right? And he tells us this love is the most important element. It's the sandwich principle. Here's the body. Here are the gifts that build up the church. And then the 14th chapter, this is what a church should do to operate in the gifts, and this is how it should be done so it will be in order. But right in the middle of it is love. 
And love is the motivating factor. And so what the writer is saying is, listen, you pursue love. You chase after it because it's the most important thing. Because we learn in that chapter that no matter how gifted you are, and no matter how much you give and sacrifice for the sake of others, if you aren't motivated by the love that seeks the good of the other person, it's all meaningless. So have you ever been around people that are super, super gifted, but it's pretty much about them? Right? So they're tooting their horn. They're letting everybody know how gifted they are. That's called a clanging cymbal. That's called a gong. That's called noise. But when we're motivated by love, when my motivation is your best, I want to help you grow and become everything God would have you to be. Now that gift can operate in purity. And then he says this, desire spiritual gifts. The word here, desire, is kind of a blah word. Can you say blah? Yeah. Because it's the Greek word zealous. And it means, you ready? It means to burn with desire and zeal for something. Okay, so we're told to be passionate and to burn with zeal to have spiritual gifts. Okay, checkup time. Are you ready? How many of you Christians in here that love Jesus are burning with a passionate desire for spiritual gifts? All right, some of you raise your hand. Right? And then some of you right now are like, oh, I haven't been burning. Right? So I'm telling you to burn with passionate desire to operate in the gifts that God has given you so that other people can be benefited. Amen? And then he says this, that you may, pro especially that you may prophesy. So Paul puts prophecy as the highest, most desired gift. That's interesting. The gift word to especially burn for is prophecy. Why? Because hearing God's voice and knowing his mind and his heart changes people. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but the times in my life when God has intervened and spoken to me through other people or while I'm in prayer, when he's really been clear, like I know that I know that I know that was God, that's exactly what I needed to be here, what I needed to hear. Those times in my life changed my course. They kept me from giving up. They kept me from discouragement and depression. They lifted me out of darkness. So it's really, really important. And then he says here, the person who speaks prophesies excuse me, the person who speaks prophecy strengthens, encourages, and consoles people. And I learned years ago through my dad, a short way of saying that is the person who prophesies will build up, stir up, and cheer up the church. Can we say that real quick? Build up, stir up, and cheer up the church. Now just think about it for a minute. How many of you have ever needed in your, how many of you felt ever like you're kind of broken down? Like you're just kind of like this, right? And then somebody came into your life and spoke words of life to you and you went, chuk, 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 chuk. right? You were built up. And that's one of the ways we know that somebody's really speaking a word. They're building us up and they'll make us want more of God, right? Or stir up. You know, there's people in this room that have become stagnant. I've been there too, so I'm not judging anyone. You ever been stagnant? Your walk with God is stagnant. You're not operating in your gifts. You're not doing what you were created to do. And all of the life of God and all of the graces of God have kind of settled down inside of you. And they're all just kind of, you know, you just all settled, right? And then somebody comes along and they take a giant stir stick 
and they speak words of life to you and they put that thing in you and they go like this, right? And they stir you up. If you've ever had that happen to you, it's powerful. There are certain people I've been around in the years that I've been a Christian, when I get around them, I get stirred up. Do you know what I mean? Challenged, encouraged, made to rethink some things, having to kind of be like, whoa, okay. And then you come away going, okay, I have to change some things in my life. But it's not like I'm condemned. It's like, yeah, I'm ready. That's stirring up. And then the last one is cheering up. Anybody in this room ever needed to be cheered up? And I'm not talking about somebody coming up to you and going, cheer up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It'll be okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody coming and speaking a word right in time, right in season, like right where you're at. And they say, I don't know what it is, but I was praying for you and bam, 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 bam. And your mail gets read and you're like, whoa, that is exactly what I needed to hear. And you might even be crying, but they're happy tears, right? That's to cheer up. See, the person who speaks prophecy builds up the church. A true gift of prophecy will build up the church. And that's really, exp- uh, really important because I've had people come to me over the years. I have a gift of prophecy, okay? Okay, and I want to share it with the church, okay? And, uh, you know, God's going to just destroy the whole American church and he's bringing it all down. She's a big Babylonish whore. I'm like, yeah, you won't be speaking in this church. Or, you know, I have a gift of prophecy, Now, now hear me. I have a gift of prophecy. The Lord always shows me bad things that are going to happen to people. I'm like, I don't think that's a gift of prophecy. I think that's a different gift. In fact, I don't think that's a gift. You see, if it's from the Lord, it's going to build up, stir up, and cheer up. Now, I'm not being able to balance everything because there are prophets And they operate in a different kind of prophetic word. And sometimes a prophet will bring a word, a true prophet will bring a word of correction or adjustment or will straighten some things out, even call out sin. But let's be clear about something. That person is going to be a recognized authority that has been given place to speak. They're not going to be somebody who grabs the microphone for themselves and claims they're a prophet and then declares judgment. Okay, so y'all with me? Okay, so I just spit all over my screen when I did that. The powerful gift, I have to move really quickly, the powerful gift of personal prophecy. What is it to you and me? Personal prophecy is when God speaks through people to individual people about their past, present, future gifts, calling, and vocation, life, or ministry. And there's so many examples of this in the Bible. We're just going to look at a couple of them. The first one I want you to notice is, I don't have time for it actually, so I'm going to skip down to the second one. I want you to notice what Paul says to Timothy. Timothy had prophecies come over his life. Let me tell you who Timothy is real quick. Timothy was the apostolic pastor in the city of Ephesus. Ephesus was an ancient world. It was a a major center. It's in what is now Turkey. Okay, and there was this incredible church in Ephesus. And Timothy was put in the position there as the pastor over the city church. 
So they would have met in a lot of different homes and a lot of different places, and Timothy would have been the one that had authority over them and was a shepherd to them. And Paul was his spiritual father. So Paul is writing him in 1 and 2 Timothy. These are letters to Timothy, encouraging him as a pastor and helping him to stay on track. And in that, he says this. He he has three different texts where he talks about laying hands on and prophesying. I want you to notice in 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul says this to Timothy, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. 1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the spiritual gift you've received through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. First, excuse me, 2 Timothy 1.6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. So we see two elements. We see prophecy with the laying on of hands. You'll notice something today when we brought up new members and when Pastor Raul came up, we put our hands on people. Why? Because God has chosen of His own accord to impart things through us to us. And so if you take these three texts, I want you to just notice something. This is profound if you think about it. First of all, Timothy received personal prophecies over his life. It looks as if Paul and the other elders or leaders of the church had spoken words of prophecy over him in his past, and now Paul is reminding him, Timothy, remember the words that came over you. Secondly, Timothy received spiritual gifts through personal prophecies and when hands were laid on him. Now think about that. Timothy received gifts when Paul and the leaders spoke prophetically over him and laid hands on him. God used this process to give Timothy things he needed for his ministry and life. We still need prophecy and hands laid on us today. What if God has things for you? This is what the text is implying God has things for you that will benefit other people, but he's going to use the process of somebody else praying over you and speaking into your life. And that's how he will literally impart the gift to you. He'll use human instruments to do it. You following me? The text says it. I, this is, I'm not making this up, people. This is what the Bible says. Right? Thirdly, Timothy was to fight spiritual battles using the prophetic words that came over his life. Prophecy is such a powerful weapon to remind yourself and your spiritual adversary who is real of God's call and purpose for you. I've done this many times. I can't tell you the number of times over the years where I've been discouraged and I feel beat up and beat down and I'll just take out a word that I've received in the past where the Lord has spoken to me and I will say, first of all, to my own soul, soul, this is who you are. Let me remind you what God has said in times past. And then I'll say to the Lord, Lord, you said through your servant so-and-so that these things would be a part of who I am. And then thirdly, and oh yeah, enemy of my soul, the Satan, evil spirits and powers that would seek to steal, kill, and destroy, to rip off my destiny, who tell me I'm a loser, I'm a bum, I'm never going to be the person God's created me to be. I tell you, shut up, that's not what God says about me. That's waging warfare. Fourthly, Timothy was not to neglect his spiritual gift received through prophecy and hands laid on him. In fact, he was to stir it up. So one of the things that happens is we have to steward what has been said over our lives. 
So when God speaks to us, we have to take that thing and go, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right, Lord. You said I was gifted to do this. And it will confirm what you know. That confirmation, when words come to you, it'll be confirmation of things that God has already been stirring in your life. And I want to end quickly with my own testimony, a few examples of my own testimony of how God has used prophecy to set the course of my life. First of all, when I was a new, newly converted, I had a really radical conversion experience and my real father, I'd been separated from my real father when I was about five years old and he was into crimes and drug selling and doing all kinds of stuff. He was in and out of jail all the time. My mom had me when she was 15 years old and uh, they were just a couple of kids and they lived a crazy life and I got dragged along with them and it was crazy, right? I mean, it was, I was in some atmospheres and some circumstances that were super dark, right? So then I get separated from him when I'm five years old and when I'm 19, I got reunited with my real father and he was now a preacher, and he'd come to Christ, and I got reunited with him. And just months before I got reunited with him, I had begun to have encounters with Christ. So I, I get reunited with my dad. I have this radical conversion experience. My whole life turns around, and uh, I get myself delivered from drugs and out, drug and alcohol abuse and a bunch of other really dark stuff, and I end up going to these churches. But here's the thing. I'm really broken. I got daddy issues, mommy issues. I got brokenness in my life everywhere. And my own sense of identity has been really shattered through the darkness in my life. And so what happens? I go to these conferences and I'm in a church that believes and practices this stuff. And I go to these conferences and, or I'm just in my church and, and these prophetic people, these people with gifts would begin to like call me out. And they'd be like, yeah, you young man back there in the back row. And I would be like this. I'd be like this. I'd be like sitting on the back row and they'd be looking at me and I'd be hiding. And they'd be like... Yeah, you, yeah, 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 you, the one hiding. The Lord says, I've called you. I put my hand on your life. I'm going to take you to the nations. I'm going to raise you up as a pastor. I'm going to put you with people. You're going to teach and preach my word. I'm going to connect you to a network of other pastors. And, and I'm sitting there like, right. Do you know me? I'm a mess. But we know, I'm going to use one of those really cheesy cliches right now, we know that God takes our mess and makes it into a message, right? And that's what happened. And so that happened over and over again, and over time I began to believe maybe God does love me. Maybe God does have a plan for me. Maybe He can use my life redemptively. Maybe I can be used in a way that will help people. And that put me back together. He began to fix me. Secondly, he gave me a personal prophetic word to move here. I was seeking God about coming to Moses Lake, and I was sitting down praying, and I took out a tablet that I was writing notes in, and I began to write, and the things I wrote have all come to pass in detail. And then lastly, all along the way, I, I made reference to this earlier, all along the way as I've pastored here, I've uh, wanted to give up many times. I mean, you have no idea the number of times. I've been doing this now, so this is my, I call this my 30-35 year. So in June, I will have been the lead pastor of this church for 30 years. Wow. And in November, this coming November, I will have been on staff in one way. So I started as youth pastor. I was a youth pastor even before Raul, believe it or not. Um, and then I was an associate pastor, I became a lead pastor. 
And in the years that I've been here, there have been multiple times I was like, I'm done. I can't do it. It's not working. I want to quit. It's discouraging. Nothing I'm doing seems to matter. And, uh, and when you go through stuff, when you pastor a church, you go through a lot of stuff. You bury people you love over and over again. You walk through terrible stuff. And you, you just deal with a lot of pain. And you get, sometimes you get weary. You get tired of it. And at key moments all along the way, God would send someone across my path. Maybe I'd be at a conference. Might be somebody in the church that'd come up to me. Hey, Pastor Doug, I was praying for you. And I just want to tell you, bam, 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 bam. And my heart has just been opened up and they've spoken right into the situation in my life without any knowledge. And I know God loves me. And see, when God speaks to you like that, you know you're loved, right? You know you're loved. And so that's what we're trying to make room for. And I want to end with a story that I've shared here many, many times before. But it's a beautiful story and I, and I want it for you. And who's ever going to play keys or whatever, you can come now. Thanks, Rach. But a man named Bill, Bill White wrote this years ago, and I, again, I've shared this here before, but I just think it's so powerful and it's so appropriate. He says, two days ago, this is years ago, I was kneeling in prayer in the front room of our house at 6.30 a.m. in the morning. I had just confessed my sins to God and I was asking for a blessing that day. I felt like I needed to feel, I, I, I needed to feel loved by God. Our little boy, whose name is Timothy, was 22 months old. He had just gotten up out of bed and I noticed out of the corner of my eye that he had sneaked quietly into the front room. He's always quiet in the morning when I'm praying because his mom tells him, be quiet. But this time he ambled straight over to me, put a hand on my clasped hands, he was clasping his hands in prayer, and said, hi, special one, hi, special one. Hi, special one. Never once had he called me that before and never since. Six times he called me special one. He said it enough for me to actually get it, that God was speaking to me and giving me his blessing and showing me he loved me. Now here's the beauty. God can speak through a toddler. He can speak through you. And he wants to speak to us. And it's all because he passionately loves us. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be a true parent, father, lover of your soul, one who makes you whole, one who heals you up, right? He wants to restore your life. He's not against you. He's for you. Amen.